0: So the Bibles are prepared in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, Isaiah chapter 14, and I'll be reading from verse 12 down to verse number 23, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12. The Bible says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners, or the kings of the nations, even all of them lie in glory, even everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of the pith as a carcass trodden under feet, thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. Prepare slaughter for his children for the iniquities, iniquity of their fathers that they do not rise, nor possess the land, nor fill the face of the world with cities. For I will rise up against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon their name, and remnant, and son, and nephew, saith the Lord. I will also make it a possession for the bittern, and pools of water, and I will sweep it with the bison of destruction, saith the Lord of hosts." Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for being a great and awesome God. We thank you that you are high and lifted up. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're grateful for this wonderful privilege that we have had to worship you, to magnify your holy name. And I pray, dear Lord, as you speak to us through your precious word, that we would be conscious of who you are, be conscious of your position be conscious of the authority of your word and I pray that we would apply it to our hearts and lives we would take heed we'll be obedient to what you have to say to us I pray that you will give me the words you'll have me to say this morning I pray that you would cleanse me of sin and to me of self fill me with your precious Holy Spirit and I pray that if there's someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal lord and savior that that one would accept you today not put it off and that every believer would be closer drawn to you the lord take full control have your divine way may your holy spirit work in a mighty way in every heart and in every life may we leave from here better than when we came thank you once again take full control Have your divine way in jesus name i pray amen thank you so much for standing you may be seated. Human history has been shaped by wars, conflicts. And the result, oftentimes, of these wars has determined where the borders of countries begin and where the end. It's been fascinating for me as I have looked at history of various wars and have then understood why a border of a country is where it is. It is a result of a war. We are witnessing even now how the war in Ukraine is a war over borders. That are being redefined and disputed even as the war rages on. Wars are often over territory, a disputed area. However, there is another war that is currently raging. And this war is not a war over physical landmass. It's not a war over borders. But it is a war that is raging, my friend, for the souls of men. This war is a spiritual war. It is a battle of good versus evil. It's a battle of wrong versus right. And make no mistake about it, there are many casualties that result from this war. But I'm here to say to each and every person who would listen and under the sound of my voice that you don't have to be a casualty of this war. However, in order for this, my friend, not to be the case, it requires that we have an awareness of this war, the cause of this war, the effects of this war the strategies for success and the pitfalls that exist my friend this is not a war where you and i can afford to be ignorant of what's taking place we cannot afford to be apathetic we cannot afford to have a don't care attitude regarding a war and this war that is raging the results of such a mindset my friend they Are devastating. As we look around at our world, we see how this war is affecting lives every single day. This war is affecting families, homes, schools, churches, countries, the entire world. And it behooves us all to take it seriously. Last week I began this series entitled A War is Raging. And my friend, this war, it is raging. It appears as though it has kicked into another gear. I don't want to encourage you every person to take it seriously. Be astute of what is happening. Be aware of its impact on your life individually and all of us as we are certainly in the middle of a raging war. We began last time and we examined that this is a conflict of the ages. This is a, a conflict that, that began even prior to the beginning of time and my friend, it will continue until the end of time. And we examined some realities that existed before the conflict. And the reason why it is important to examine what took place before, it helps us to understand how we got to where we are. We looked at the involved parties. The parties at the center of this conflict are none other than God himself, the king of kings, and the lord of lords Lucifer, Satan, God's chief cherub, his anointed angel. These are the involved parties. We looked at the initial place. My friend, this is a war that started in heaven. In a perfect place. In a perfect environment. A place where there was no sin. But we examined as well that the reason why this war erupted is because God in his divine wisdom gave his created beings by way of the angels instilled power. That power, my friend, is the power to choose. It's a power that God himself has also given to humankind. The ability to reject him or to accept him. The ability to do what is wrong or the ability to do what is right. These are realities that existed before the conflict. But today I want us to take a look at the reason for the conflict. We understand the realities that existed prior, but what it is that that really triggered this raging war. I want us to notice in our text today, that this war, and make no mistake about it, and pay close attention to it, was initiated by pride. I want you to jot that down. It was initiated by pride. And here's something we must understand about this thing called pride. It starts in the heart. Before anything is said, before anything is done, The problem of pride is birthed, it is nurtured in the heart. That is why Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. My friend, we must not let pride take root in our heart. We must be aware of, the, of how to detect it. Because it is devastating. Imagine the effects of pride are still being felt today. The question is, how do we te- detect something that's so destructive? How do we detect Well, I want us to take a look at how it showed up in Lucifer. Satan. I want you to notice, first of all, one of the ways to detect pride in yourself. And by the way, we like to detect pride in other people, don't we? But we ought to first detect it in ourselves because of where it starts. Because it starts in Where? The heart. Here's how you detect pride. It is characterized by devotion to self. An emphasis on me. I. Myself. Now look at verse number 13 and this is so clear in these verses. Look at how the Bible speaks of Lucifer, which he mentions in verse number 12, but he says in verse number 13, "For thou hast said where in thine heart I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation sides of the north. I." will ascending above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. My friend, pride is characterized by a devotion to self. In other words, it's all about me. That's the way to detect it. Notice what was happening in the heart of Lucifer himself. You say, Pastor, that was happening in him. But how do I detect it in myself? I'm going to give you two simple ways. And it's based on Romans chapter 12 and verse number 5. And this verse says, Rejoice with them that rejoice. Now here's one of the ways how you can detect devotion to yourself. Where it's all about you. When you're unable to rejoice in other people's success. Somebody gets a promotion, you can't be happy for them. Somebody gets money, you're upset. Now, this is an interesting phenomenon. If somebody gets some money and you're upset, you must ask yourself the question, did they steal it from you? I would presume if they stole it from you, you have a justifiable reason to be upset. But if they didn't steal it from you, why are you upset? Somebody gets a husband or somebody gets a wife and you're upset. Did they steal yours? (laughs) If they did, I can understand why you're upset. But if they didn't, why are you upset? My friend, pride is evident when an individual makes everything about themselves when it should not be. The Bible says, rejoice with them that rejoice. But individuals can't do that because there's an overemphasis on self. Unable to rejoice in other people's success. But that verse in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 did not only say, Rejoice with them that rejoice, it also says, To weep with them that weep. You know another way to detect pride? When you're unable or unwilling to empathize with other people's hurts. There's an over-devotion to one's own feelings. It's all about you. My friend, it ought to also be about others. That verse says rejoice with them that rejoice. Listen I'm celebrating it's about you. You are happy. I can be happy for you. But I also recognize that when you are hurt I can also empathize with your hurt and I can be hurt because you are hurt. It's not all about you. It's not all about me my friend. Relationship ought to be about other people. Let me give you an analogy, an illustration of how this causes poor relationship. Somebody is upset about something that you did. And they come to you and you get upset because they're upset. You see how this cycle could never be broken? They come and they say, I'm upset that you did this. You were fine and all of a sudden, no. They're upset and you upset. The cycle can never end. But when we pay attention to others, my friend, we recognize and show that it's not all about us. Here's something that we must recognize as human beings. We can never always be right. It is impossible. It is not possible that you or I can never ever have a reason to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. I'm sorry for hurting you. I didn't mean to. I shouldn't have. My friend, when you realize that these things are happening, there's an overabundance of indulgence in self. And when you recognize it, when you realize that these things are happening in your heart, my friend, uproot it. Chop it down. Don't water it. Don't put fertilizer on it. Don't encourage it. Don't justify it. Don't try to find other people to give you encouragement about it. It is pride. You need to uproot it. You need to chop it down. It is destructive. It is wrong. And this was the root of Lucifer's problem. He was solely devoted to self. All of these things that are being said in verse number 13 and verse number 14. My friend, they all happened when nobody was looking. Nobody knew what was happening because it was initiated. It was birthed in the heart. we think that things just happen no they were brewing in the heart for several years of times there was devotion to self but notice something else about lucifer which helps us to understand how destructive pride is there was a devotion to self but there was a desire for supremacy Satan wanted the preeminence. Look at verse number 13 and 14 again. Not only the emphasis on self with this pronoun being mentioned time and time again, I, but look at what he wanted. I will do what? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This pride thing is serious. Remember that he was the exalted cherub. He was the kingpin. The only thing he was not, he was not God. But that wasn't enough. Pride wants to be the one who's always blessed. Pride wants to be the one who receives. Pride wants to be the one with the promotion, the money, the nice things, the compliments, the one who's noticed, the one who's recognized. So when it happens for someone else, that old thing called jealousy and envy raises ugly head. And here's the amazing thing about pride. When the individual who is exhibiting and demonstrating and manifesting pride, when that individual is being blessed and noticed, all is right with the world. But when it's somebody else's turn, it's a problem. My friend, that is a sign of pride. There's an overindulgence with self. That was Lucifer's problem. As much as he had been clothed with beauty and full of wisdom, he still wanted more. The preeminence, the desire for supremacy, the devotion to self, my friend, pride is destructive. It has this insatiable desire. It's something that simply cannot be satisfied. But I want you to notice the third and final thing today as it relates to this matter of pride that was the root of this raging war. There was a devotion to self, there was a desire for supremacy. But notice this, and I found this very interesting. There was discontentment with the sovereign. You know what Satan's problem was? He was discontent with God. Now imagine, a holy God, a perfect God, the king of kings and lord of lords, Satan had a problem with God. No, I have to tell you. This makes me feel better. If Satan can have a problem with God, then I should not be all stressed when people have a problem with me. And you should not be overly bothered if you're doing what is right either, my friend. Because no matter what you do, you could be perfect, you could be God, people still are going to have a problem. He was already the anointed cherub. But it wasn't enough. Now it's one thing to be discontented with yourself. Sometimes being discontent with yourself is not a bad thing. That's what motivates us to be better. That's what motivates us to progress. But discontentment with oneself ought not to be motivated by selfish pride. You see, remember, pride is all about me, my desires, my supremacy at the expense of someone else. You see, Satan wanted to be in charge at the expense of God. if you're not happy with where you are, it ought not to be motivated by selfish pride and desires, but it ought to be motivated by a desire to please God to do his will and benefit other people. That's good discontentment with self. Because the discontentment is not with God. Is because of a desire to please God. But you see, discontentment with God is seen by unhappiness with him. That he would bless someone else and not me. So you see how that manifests itself? Discontentment with God. Why you would choose to bless them in that way and not me? That type of discontentment fuels jealousy, envy. You know, I thought about this. I thought to myself, if God blesses someone else, why would we as people ever be upset with them? You know why I asked that question? They didn't bless themselves. You realize that? If God blesses someone, why are we upset with them? That's why in reality, we are really saying, I'm blessed with, I'm upset with the person who blessed you. So ultimately, you're taking out your anger on God. My friend, When you recognize in yourself and I'm I listen, I'm talking to all of us and when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. I got to preach to myself before I could preach to anybody else. And I'm trying to help us all to be able to detect this, this vice, this devastating characteristic of pride. My friend, when just seeing somebody causes feelings of anger and hatred to well up in you, that's Pride that breeds hatred. You know, we don't ever like to tell and acknowledge to ourselves that we hate other people. Because we don't want to think that we have that. But my friend, when you see somebody and just seeing them, listen, it irks your spirit. That is pride. Pride. And you know what that is? That is hating an image bearer of God. That's someone to whom God has said, I've created you in my own image and you're choosing to hate someone that God created. That's discontentment with God. You notice that all these things start in the heart. And they go undetected. But the reality of it is that it is seen by God. And this issue of pride, my friend, it is the foundational trigger for this war that is raging since the beginning of time and will continue until the end of time. Don't take it lightly. Learn to detect it. Be careful to uproot it. Because as we will continue to see in the weeks ahead, that this war that started in the heart of Lucifer was initiated by that simple thing called pride. And I guess it's coincidence that in the middle of this five-letter word is that letter I. It's all about self. Devotion to self. And a desire for supremacy. And ultimately, discontentment with the suffering. Let's be careful. Let's be watchful. Let's be driven by a desire to please God. Because the effects of pride, of selfishness of being consumed only with me, myself, and I, they're devastating. They're destructive. And this MO that triggered this war is the same motivation that Lucifer, Satan himself, uses to cause continual destruction in the lives of people. That's what he used to appeal to Eve. I don't want to get ahead of myself in the series, but we'll see how he functions. And we'll see the effects of this war that is raging. Pay close attention to the reason for this conflict. And let's be careful to detect it in our own lives and to recognize that life here on earth, it is about pleasing God and it's about others and being a blessing. May God help us as we endeavor to not be casualties in this war.